She and Jack had enjoyed a good marriage. There had been no children, just the dogs. The last was Rusty, a tall, piled mutt who was with her when Jack died of pneumonia. Rusty had slept on the floor by her side of the bed, and every morning she'd reach down first thing to pet him. Now, curled in her bed, she hung an arm over the mattress. For a heart-stopping second, she thought she felt Rusty's mink-soft head and heard the thump of his long, fringed tail. Then the clanging of the meal carts and the bland smell of institutional food brought her back to reality. She cried into her pillow. The activities director of the nursing home, a woman named Ronnie, was concerned about Agnes. There must be a way to reach her, she thought. Every day Ronnie came to number 109, pulled up a chair, and showed Agnes the activity schedule. Look at this, Ronnie would say, her finger sliding down the list. We have current events, bingo, women's issues, music, sweet memories. Won't you just try one? Or maybe you'd like to go down the hall and meet some people. But the elderly lady with the girlish bang shook her head. I'm fine, she said, her eyes cloudy with sadness. One day in late autumn, Ronnie walked into Agnes's room and spied a dog calendar on top of the nightstand. What a handsome dog, Ronnie said, tapping the picture. For the first time, she saw a spark in the faded blue eyes. I love dogs, Agnes said. Ronnie's mind started racing. She'd tried in the past to arrange for a dog to visit the nursing home, but it had never worked out. Now it was time to try again. Back in her office, she dialed the number of a local shelter and talked to the shelter director, a woman named Mimi. Halfway through Ronnie's story, Mimi broke in and said, We have the perfect dog. Her name is Maddie. For weeks, Mimi had been wondering what to do about Maddie. She thought back to the blustery winter night when Maddie, a large black mutt, had been brought in as a stray. She shivered in the doorway, her coat mud-caked and wet. Despite her appearance, she was dignified, like a lady who'd fallen on hard times. Here, girl, Mimi called. Shyly, the dog came, placing a dirty paw on Mimi's knee, and then removing it, as if to say, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot about the mud. They bathed her and combed out the mats, from which they took her name, Maddie. No one claimed her. She lived in a kennel run with four to five other dogs, waiting to be adopted. Months turned to years. Each time people came to look, competing canines raced the gate, barking and furiously wagging their tails. Maddie trailed modestly behind, shyly raising trusting brown eyes. Like a gem that doesn't shine, she was passed over. She became a lonely institutional survivor, like Agnes. Now Mimi walked down the long, noisy kennel aisle to a large run. Maddie, she called into the maze of barking, wriggling canines. The big, long-haired mutt padded to the gate, calmly easing herself through the crush of younger, excitable dogs. She pressed her setter-type nose into the wire mesh. Hey, old girl, Mimi said, getting down to eye level. A lady named Agnes needs you. Maddie's ears perked. Not many days later, Mimi walked Maddie down the dim hall of the nursing home to the last room on the left, number 109. The dog was freshly bathed and groomed. Her ears were erect and her tail was raised high with anticipation. They turned the corner of the doorway and Maddie's nails clicked on the gray linoleum. Agnes looked up from her chair. The book that she'd been reading slipped off her lap. Her mouth dropped. Tears filled her eyes and spilled down her cheeks. 
I thought I'd never see a dog again, she sobbed. Her name's Maddie, Mimi said. Here, Maddie, here, girl, Agnes called. Maddie trotted over, leash dragging, waving her long, fringed tail just as Rusty used to. Agnes buried her face in the soft fur. Maddie scrunched as close as she could get and placed a paw on Agnes's lap. She looked up adoringly, her eyes begging friendship. Agnes stroked her silky head, whispering, Hello, Maddie girl. There's a good girl. Her wizened face was soft and glowing. Maddie laid her head in Agnes's lap and sighed as Agnes scratched behind her ears. Suddenly Agnes remembered something. With the aid of her walker, she hobbled eagerly to the nightstand, Maddie trotting at her heels. The old lady opened the drawer, retrieving the crumbling dog biscuit she hadn't been able to throw away. Maddie's ears lifted. Daintily she took the biscuit, then cleaned the crumbs from the floor. Before they left, Mimi promised Agnes they'd come every week. Agnes flipped through the dog calendar, marking in all the Tuesdays with Maddie's name. Now, when Maddie arrived for her visits, the drawer of the metal cabinet was always stocked with favorite treats. Ever the lady, Maddie would ask politely by sniffing the drawer, then sitting and waiting. She never had to wait long. As the months went by, Agnes began to show an interest in the events around her. Soon Maddie was accompanying Agnes to drawing classes, flower-arranging workshops, and gospel song fests. She sat with her head in Agnes's lap as Agnes talked with friends, and she thumped her tail at Agnes's happy chuckle. Encouraged by the change in Agnes, Mimi took Maddie to visit residents at other nursing homes. Maddie's days became full as well. Before long, many volunteers were taking dogs to visit old people and children throughout the area. The successful Golden Outreach Program was officially launched. When Agnes celebrated her 100th birthday, Maddie, herself a senior citizen and still a regular visitor, came to celebrate. As Agnes ate her cake and visited with her many guests, she stroked the now grizzled head resting in her lap and frequently returned the old dog's devoted gaze. Finding each other had transformed their lives, as well as the lives of others, through Golden Outreach, a program born of the love between one elderly lady and a gentle dog. Bumpus by Janine Adams The big, Maine Coon-type cat was found by firefighters on Father's Day, 1996, his long orange fur matted and scorched. He lay barely alive in the charred remains of the wildfires that plagued Alaska that year. Even though he must have been in great pain, the cat purred the moment he was touched. When the vet first saw the badly burned cat, he began to cry. He had never seen a living animal with such extensive injuries. The fire had claimed his rear feet and all his front toes. The vet was afraid this latest fire victim might not live long. But the cat was a survivor. Bumpus, as he came to be called, seemed unaware of the odds against him. Once he began to heal, Bumpus struggled persistently to learn to walk again. Eventually, to everyone's astonishment, the cat succeeded. Bumpus became a favorite with the rescue volunteers who helped the clinic staff care for him. After facing so much ruin, devastation, and death left in the wake of the fires, the presence of this friendly, spirited cat boosted morale and helped the rescuers continue their work. One of the volunteers, a woman named Sharon, fell in love with the big orange cat. When she was finished in Alaska, she couldn't face leaving him behind, so when Bumpus was well enough to travel, 
he came home to live with her in Missouri. Besides doing emergency rescue work, Sharon volunteered at her local humane society. Her specialty was fostering sick or injured kittens in her home and nursing them back to health. Not long after Bumpus came to live with her, Sharon took in a litter of badly wounded kittens who required special medical attention. Two of them eventually needed to have a leg amputated. After the surgery, one of the two-month-old kittens, a female named Minus, came home from the vet, charged out of her carrier, and jumped right up on the bed. She didn't even seem to notice she was missing a front leg. But her brother, Cheerio, named for the circular patterns on his solid orange coat, was traumatized by the operation. Unlike other amputees Sharon had fostered, Cheerio seemed depressed at having lost a limb. He cried constantly, and when he tried to walk, Cheerio always fell and ended up doing a somersault. He took his frustration out on the carpeting, biting and growling at anything around him. At other times he hid under the bed, refusing to come out. When Sharon saw how depressed Cheerio was, even his eyes were dull, she worried he might sicken and die. She had to do something, but what? Her eyes fell on Bumpus, serenely grooming himself in a sunny spot on the floor. He's been through this, she thought. Maybe he could help. Sharon had isolated the injured kittens in one room in an attempt to keep them less active. When she opened the door to the kitten's room for Bumpus, he made a beeline for the crying kitten, quietly talking to him the whole way. He walked right up to the kitten and, wrapping his furry front paws around Cheerio's damaged little body, held him like a child holds a doll. Then Bumpus began rubbing his head against Cheerio's head and licking the kitten's face. Immediately the crying stopped and the purring began. The little three-legged kitten...